Good morning, folks, and we are back for another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain, mm-hmm. three weeks in a row. Pretty happy with our progress. Absolutely. Also, pretty happy that our boys, the Green Bay Packers, pulled out a dub Monday night. Oh yeah. my God, what am I doing? Guys, I, I am so sorry. I was so excited. I just wanted to start <laughs> talking about the win. I didn't do my cheesy intro with Luke. I, I should know. have said, welcome to South of the Cheddar Curtain. I'm your host, Devin Hine, sitting across from Luke Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hi, folks. <sighs> all right. Too much energy for the for winning, guys. I'm sorry. We're all out of our rhythm. Just so excited for the win. Yeah. So excited. So excited. Yep. We actually showed up. Uh, eventually. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. We, we scored in the first half. We did. A little bit of a slow start, um, especially defensively, but we got there. Yeah. All right, so as it's you know a little predictable with our with our show and how we do, we'll start mm-hmm. talking about thoughts on offense, thoughts on defense. Luke, do you want to lead us off with your thoughts on offense and the thirty-five seventeen win over the Lions? Well, I think we can start right there, right? I mean, the first half we looked good, scored on two of three drives. Can't really ask for much more than that. Second mm-hmm. half really took off. Really took advantage of some of the things that some misfortunes from the lions cuz the lions are going to lions at the end of the day so and they lions did will be lions they did which is good new coach new quarterback doesn't matter lions are lions so um yeah we took advantage of that i think we saw some more creativity that we are missing uh through that we talked about for the first week and also a run game we have a run game we didn't forget about it this week so i think everything kind of played off that and we saw what the offense can do a little bit here and that was great to see. Piggyback of p- piggyback of pig. Oh boy, piggyback of <laughs> picking back off of. Sorry, folks, I can't talk this morning. Like I said, too excited. Jumping off of what you said about the running game, mm-hmm. what really impressed me is that we didn't run the ball extremely well. No, it was a lot of three yards, four yards in a cloud of dust. But when you're when you're playing a defense who is going to have two high safeties, which means they're forcing, they're encouraging you to run the ball, right? right. They're not going to be giving up the deep passing plays down the field. Mm-hmm. So you have to take what the defense gives you. And we were able to do that. In games past, I feel like we try to run the ball. We have limited success like we did against the Lions early. You get away from it. Abandon it too quickly. You abandon it, and yeah. then we get in trouble. You were talking about the play calling. Mm-hmm. We saw a little bit more jet motion. Thank God. I mean, there couldn't have been less, right? <laughs> there couldn't have been. A lot of talk all offseason looking, looking forward to how we use A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield together. We saw that a couple times. There was a beautiful, beautiful play. I think it was in the second quarter. It was like third and one, and you had Dillon lined up in the fullback spot. Uh, AJ, Aaron Jones lined up in the halfback spot. And they fake the die to Dylan, which would be the obvious play call, right? right? Give it to the bruiser, give it to Aaron Jones. He uses his speed to beat the outside linebacker to the edge, gets, you know, five, six yards, whatever it was, the first down. Just a lot more creativity as a whole out of the offense. Absolutely. And kind of going off what you said, the we only average as a team 3.1 yards per carry. Jordan Love really killing us there with that, with those kneel downs. <sighs> but even Aaron Jones, who had a fantastic game, right? 3.9 yards per carry. That's it. But we relied on him. We relied on the ground game, and that really paid dividends. We had another play where I think it was in the red zone where we did like a like a 
jet sweep with Aaron Jones and Dylan was the lead blocker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, there was one of the f- beautiful things about the backfield last year, especially between Jones and Jamal Williams, is there was no love lost. You know, in some teams, you have guys that are competing for snaps, competing right. for carries, and there's a little bit of animosity you feel. But the beautiful thing with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones last year was they were just like, hey, man, I'm here for you. They, right? they, they acted like care. best friends, right? They were best friends. They were yeah. se- they were selfless. Same thing with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and I'm so happy we had that early on. Absolutely. All right. So, what else did you notice from the offense? From the offense. All right. As we as we know by now, I sort of like Marquez Belva Scantling <laughs> just a little bit. So we took a few shots to my boy. There was one that he definitely underperformed on. There was a deep shot. I want to say in the first quarter where Rodgers puts the ball pretty well on the money. The corner had his head turned. Yeah. And any situation where Aaron says that he sees, if he sees the back of the corner's jersey, the defensive back isn't looking, so you, you throw it up. The guy's open. Right. It would have been a really hard catch. Problem is, Marquez doesn't even go for the catch. If you at least go and turn and go up for it, you can probably get a defensive pass interference call. Yeah. Because you go up for the ball, You know the defender's eyes get open, they get wide. He, he probably runs into you. He probably runs into you. You're probably not making that catch, but you get the, what, 45-yard penalty? Right. It's huge. So, got to say, Marquez, a little disappointing in you in there. Um, and then there were three or four other shots his way that were a little over his head. And I think during the game, Luke and I were both like, is that on Marquez? Is that on Rodgers? <laughs> and then I got to yeah. give Rodgers some props. He cleared it up in the post game, thankfully. And he's like, yeah, I missed him a few times. So, you know, we talk about how Marquez's speed can stretch the field vertically and his threat has to keep defenses honest. Right. So even if we're not hitting it yet, I still love that we're trying. And that, that gives me hope that is, you know, even though we put up 35 points this past week, this offense can be even better when we're hitting on those plays. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. And something you just kind of touched on, the defensive pass interference thing. Somebody who did a great job in that exact situation is my boy, McHenry Zone, Big Bob Tunyon. Got the name right that time. Um, <laughs> First time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, it's a hard habit to break. <laughs> um, but he had a, I thought he had a fantastic game. Once again, stats aren't crazy. Three catches, 52 yards, and then the touchdown, which we can go into. That thing was a, Ooh. What a throw. Oh, my God. And the concentration. Woo. To make that catch, incredible. And that throw was a statement, too. That was. I mean, he just, Rodgers just won that thing in there, and that window was basically the size of a football. What's even better about it, though, is, I don't know if you caught it, they're running sort of like layered routes, mm-hmm. and Alan Lazard is running, I don't know, five or six yards underneath Tanyan's route. wide open. He was wide open. <laughs> I mean, he had, that corner was trailing him by at least three or four yards. He would have walked in the end zone untouched. Mm-hmm. But instead, Rodgers goes to to pin the needle in between the zone defense. Yep. Unreal. Incredible throw. Absolutely incredible throw. You know, only a couple people in the league could probably make that throw at this point. And that was something to behold. But outside of that, great catch. A couple other things. He got that pass interference. He fought for it, right? He fought back to the ball. He had no chance of making that catch. But he fought through the guy, got the call. You know, he got up super excited, started flexing and everything at that point. Really kind of felt like he was taking over the game a little bit from his position. He was really becoming a problem for the Lions. The other thing I loved to see was that little tight end screen on the inside there. It's very 
Kansas City of us. And I and think it's it's very. We, I'm pretty sure we stole it from the Saints yeah, last positive. week. It's my personal opinion, but continue, yeah. Luke. Uh, but we have a much better tight end than the Saints do, thankfully, at this point. At this point, yes, definitely. We'll go with that. But something we have not really seen from the tight end position in Green Bay is that kind of athleticism, agility, run after the catch, lateral quickness. Yeah. Right. We just, I mean, right. The best tight end in recent memory for the Packers has been Jermichael Finley, and he was not that guy. He was a big, tall, strong, great tight end when he would catch the ball. But when he was healthy, <laughs> when he was healthy, and when he would catch the ball, but not that kind of guy. You're not going to throw a screen to him. He's going to make people miss, dodge people. Not what he was going to do, but having that ability, I loved that. We could do a lot more with that. Like I said, that's what Kelsey does all the time for Kansas City. That's how they get him involved early, kind of let him get going. Kittle can do the exact same thing, obviously. Tunyon's workout partner and your mm-hmm. boy. My boy. So, your boy. Um, so, that I'd love to see that. Thought he was really a game changer during that stretch time there. Made a couple of incredible plays. Felt like he was really overpowering the defense there. So I love to see that. What I did not love to see was the fact that Daphne outsnapped him somehow. Yeah. Which I understand why, you know, more run sets and that kind of thing went a little heavier. But I'm making a face, folks. You can't see it. I, I'm not loving all the Daphne snaps. No, neither am I. I'm really not. No, I, I understand he's kind of full backy Mercedes blocking guy at the moment. Josiah Light. Josiah Light. We've previously but, discussed this Josiah DeGuar, this guy that yeah. we drafted two years ago now out of Cincinnati, supposed to play the Kyle Juszczyk, who we'll be seeing this week, this kind of fullback hybrid role, and the floor just loves him, loves him, loves him. We but, don't because we haven't seen him do anything yet because he's been hurt all the time. Yeah, he played one game <laughs> against the Vikings last year, and I think yep. he had a few catches, and I was like, hey, Josiah, hey. doing something. Yeah, right. props nice to you. Job. And then what? week one, he gets a concussion. Yeah. Like we thought he was dead. He was, you know, <laughs> lifeless for a few minutes. Glad he's relatively okay. We'll see if he plays this week. Um, but so it feels like that we've just put Dominic Daphne in that role for the time being. And he's just, you know, he was he was a better blocker last year. I'm not loving his blocking this year. And no. last year he was able to get a few catches, but they felt like it was kind of like Mercedes Lewis-like plays mm-hmm. where you have him in as like a second or third tight end blocker, and you just kind of get lost in the traffic, right? right? he just kind of like leaks out, and next thing you know, there's no one within 20 yards of him. Yeah, there was one play, I want to say in the third quarter, where we're in the red zone, we go three wide receivers, so we're in trips, and Dominic Daphne is the most outside receiver. And I'm thinking, what in the hell are we doing? Why are we wasting a play, or Dominic Daphne, why are you wasting a spot there when you have all these receivers? And then, you know, once we call hike, it's a leak out screen to Aaron Jones. So essentially, he's just a lead blocker there. Right. And it made, made more sense. sense. Still. I just don't think he's lot. giving us a lot outside of mediocre blocking. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of upside. No. But Dominique, prove me wrong, please. Yeah, he had some good plays last year. Luke and I love fullbacks. We and that's do. basically what you are. Essentially, yes. So just give us a little more productivity. Yeah, and, give us um, a little bit more. You're not in the doghouse. No. We just need to see more out of you. Yeah. Or we won't because DeGuaro will come back and take over that role. But For like four snaps. And then he gets hurt again. And then it's right back to you. Hey, we're going to have hope. I'm going to be realistic. Oh, At fair. least on that front. All right. 
Let's switch over to defense. Or... No, I got a couple more things oh, about the oh, offense. All right, folks. I'm not done yet. Who came prepared? I, I did. My bad, cutting us off. Um, let's talk about some offensive line play, shall we? If we must. I think we should. All right, lead. One of my big concerns coming in to this year with the youth movement up front wasn't necessarily their skill level, especially after the preseason. I think they looked pretty good. But how are things going to work trying to get free plays, offsides, too many men on the field. Now you have three, essentially, rookies up front, right? Left guard, center, right guard, at least for this game. Are they going to react? Is the center going to hike the ball? I mean, he hasn't. it's not exactly something you did in college, right? I assume they worked on it a ton in camp in the preseason, but it looked like we had Corey Lindsley out there. Didn't miss a beat. We got some free plays. According to uh, Peter Murkowski of Locked On Packers, Josh Myers is the third-rated center, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, that's he's he's playing great. But I was worried how are they going to react to some of those more off-schedule um, plays, and we got a couple of them on Monday night, and I think it, it went well. So, And I think they're overall playing really well as a group, and I would prefer John Runyon Jr. in over Lucas Patrick at left guard going forward. I think he played really well. Lucas Patrick, not, not terrible. Oh, his stock but, is trending down. Yeah, dude. he's definitely going down. Um, he lost the job to Royce Newman on the right guard. Hey, he's lost two jobs now, man. I know. I mean, maybe great depth piece. You know, oh, kind, yeah. of, kind of that Lane Taylor role for a while that we had before he had to start. So something like that. But John Runyon Jr. looked great. Uh, Royce Newman's obviously been good. And then Josh Myers, incredible so far. So no complaints on the offensive line. Really proud of them that they are not a story through two games. I was a little nervous, honestly, with starting three rookies, but I agree. They played really well. Yep. Um, and then the other, only other thing really is just, can we get more Randall Cobb, please? Oh. It's like he only plays third in medium and longs. There was, that's, how did I forget? I want to talk about Randall Cobb. I don't know. So, you know, I'm going to be honest, when we traded for him, I was a little skeptical, right? It just felt like something that we did to appease Rodgers. I wasn't really sure how much he had left on the tank, and he showed me that he still has some left in the tank. Looks like it was a second half adjust- adjustment. Probably Rogers going to the floor, like, "Hey, can we get him involved more?" He had a lot more snaps in the second half. Rogers was definitely looking to him. Yeah, I when he was on he the had, field, what, three or four catches, three or four catches, and he only played twelve snaps. There was like a third and thirteen, though. Yeah, and he came up with a contested catch, and I just stood up and I was to pick it up. Really excited. Yep, three targets, three catches, twenty-six yards. Picked up, uh, I believe, two first downs, all on twelve snaps. That's it. He still got the shiftiness, right? That you know, you want that slot player who can lose guys laterally, make space yeah. that way, and you know, with all of our our receivers being like six five. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of big they guys. Just don't have that. No, we haven't had that piece since he left. And the fact that Cobb still has at least a little bit of juice left in the tank, it's very exciting. I agree. We got to get him more snaps. And I know that we've talked about. It's been talked about, obviously, that he wasn't as good away from Green Bay. Plenty of reasons for that. But he's not ancient. People keep acting like, you know, we kind of brought him out of retirement. We did not. He's like 30 years old. He's still got a little juice left. And he's showing it. So he doesn't need to be the focal point or anything crazy like that. But, like, maybe more than 12 snaps. I mean, Mercedes Lewis is 45, and he's still killing it. So... (laughs) That's true. When you're playing with Rodgers, you've got, got a little bit of like a yeah. and a youth thing going on. Extend you a little bit there. All right, so let's uh, let's head over to defense. Tell me what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't. All right, defensively. So yep. first half, more of the same. 
and it's a whole defensive. It's kind of felt like a 2020 game, to be honest, where we, we do a lot of, we give up a lot of yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. Second half, we bunker down. Yep. Obviously, he knows Darius Smith, our best pass rusher. So it was going to be up to Preston and up to Gary to get some pressure. Early on, didn't get a whole lot. In the second half, though, they Preston had a should have been forced fumble. Mm-hmm. And then on the, um, on one of Goff's fumbles, Gary did get penetration. And he was pushing the tackle back in. Right. That, that could have been a sack or at least a deflection probably if Goff didn't just pull a Goff and drop the ball. So for their first game without Zedarius, I'm I was pretty happy with Preston and and uh, Gary. Only only downside to Preston is on one of Goff's like 25 yard runs, which he had what like two or three of them. It was a zone read, and Preston just his feet were in cement cement blocks. He just watched him go right by. I didn't realize we were playing Michael Vick last week, but that's yeah. kind of what it looked like at times. Cold <laughs> Jared Goff so- streaking down. We are really hoping the Niners don't run any read options because we might be in trouble. Please don't play Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. That would be a problem. Didn't even think about that. I'm worried enough about Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> right? If Jared Goff can do that, Trey Lance, to make Kaepernick all over again. Let's not talk about it, all right? Let's not talk about it. All right. So I think one thing that I'm I'm still concerned about, honestly, is that defensive line. Um, there was a clip circulating of... Tyler Lancaster just getting blown literally five yards off the ball. Whoa, 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 whoa! He's your boy. You need my to call boy, your my boy. boy Tyler and where Lancaster. is he from? Which own is he from? <laughs> Let's not bring it up. Shall no, 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 Let's no, no, no! no. You're always pumping your chest. Oh, McHenry's own. Oh, Wheaton's own. No, Luke, this is gonna be part of the show. Yeah, Wheaton, I believe. Wheaton, yeah. Wheaton's own. Tyler yeah. Lancaster. Yeah. Um, I've said many times, he's probably a great guy. I love that he's from Illinois, but he should be a backup. He should not play nearly as many snaps as he did. No. So we need better interior line play. Uh, we had Kiki played a good amount. Um, he was essentially the third starter on the defensive line this week. And did you see him do anything? I didn't. As a team, we had zero tackles for loss. Zero. Zero. That's not, that's not a stat that I like. No. Like, just not even, you can't even tackle the ball carrier once behind the last scrimmage? Not a thing? No? Mm-hmm. No, can't do it. Nope. So, that's a problem. Uh, TJ Slayton got a little bit more run, just a little bit. Um, I'd like to see him a lot more. I mean, he had six snaps, so he played a third of Tyler Lancaster's. Speaking of defensive linemen and seeing snaps, why are we not... Activating Jack Heflin. Yeah, why is he an active, healthy scratch? No idea. At this point, like, just, we got to see what we got there because what we have is doing absolutely nothing. Outside of Kenny Clark, we had another couple nice plays, but Dean Lowry had, like, a good run stop. So that was nice. You know, we saw him do something. They called his name for not a bad thing on the broadcast. It's a nice change of pace. Amazing. Um, I don't think Kiki was called at all. Lancaster probably for nothing good. So yeah, at this point, we just let's throw another body in there and let's see what they can do. There's a reason that Devondre Campbell had like 15 tackles because nobody in the defensive line tackled anybody. Correct. Um, I do have to say, at least schematically, right under under Mike Pettin, the group we were both really frustrated with how many times when an offense comes out and run heavy personnel, right tight end, fullback, maybe two tight ends, mm-hmm. we would still go with that base two four five, which means you have two down linemen, two big guys. Four linebackers and five guys in the secondary. 
at least Joe Barry this week is putting us more in base in those situations. A lot more base, yeah. Where you have three down linemen, so we can potentially at least attempt to defend the run. We put more big bodies out there. I just think we need different big bodies out there. Yeah, I mean... We don't have a lot to choose from, so we might as well try. Hefflin needs to be activated this week. We have to see what he can do. We have to, right? Especially against the 49ers. And like I said, I mean, at some point here, start looking at other free agents. Yeah, yeah. If if we can't, we don't think the answer is internal, which it probably isn't. um, Unless you give Slayton a lot more run and and see what Hefflin can do. You got to start looking outside, I think, at some point. I mean, Slayton and Heflin are both obviously rookies, so you yeah. have potential upside there. They can they can grow, they can get better, they can get better with the scheme. Lancaster and Lowry aren't. They are what they are. They are what they are. At this point, in the they're careers. not going to get any better. No. And then I guess Kiki still has a little bit of upside too. I'm not. I don't think that he's really hit his ceiling yet. I hope not, because we've been saying that for a little bit now. <sighs> yeah. All right. Good point. But yeah, we just we need new bodies in there. We do. I'm at least happy schematically that we're trying a little bit better. At least we have more bodies. Yeah. Speaking of scheme, sorry for hitting the microphone. <laughs> Speaking of scheme, so there's this cornerback that we talk about sometimes, Mr. Kevin King. Oh boy, here we go. All right, Kevin King. So, you know, another episode, another way you found to embarrass us. In the fourth quarter, you were hurled by DeAndre Swift. That was pretty funny to watch. Kevin King's very tall. Yeah, Kevin King looks like 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, so this is an odd thing to have happened to you. Definitely. That was embarrassing. So I was happy that we moved Eric Stokes. He got he got more plays um, across from Jair. I mean, he got a lot of plays. He was in 44 plays. Jair got 57, so he was in for the vast majority of the defensive snaps. And if you remember in the second half, you know, the game was, had been back and forth in the first mm-hmm. half. Lions get the ball in the second half. They're driving. They're in the red zone. They choose to go for it. Goff tries to throw. So a little dink route to get the first down, I think, to Cephas. And Stokes is all over and breaks it up. Beautiful to see a rookie. Yeah. It was beautiful. He had a couple of really nice plays. He had that one in the end zone as well. Um, we should bring up the potential touchdown he gave up. We don't necessarily know who gave it up on the miscommunication. The one where Campbell was in coverage late? Or... No, no, no. Because that, that, that was good coverage by Campbell, I believe. I mean, you're not going to ask for much better, realistically. Although I did hear, because, you know, we listened to a whole bunch of other Packer people. We're not going to deny that. There were some reports that it looked like that that was a switch. Right. That, that was supposed to be Stokes' guy. And that Devontae Campbell, being the veteran that he is, was just like, ran oh, with crap. Him. And he, so like to compensate for his teammate, he just got over there and, and he was blanketing Hawkinson. Oh, yeah. That great was a coverage. hell of a catch by Hawkinson. Yeah, great throw, great catch. So even if we there's a couple of miscommunications, mental errors or whatever, maybe this brings up the point again. That he probably should have played in the preseason. Wait, wait, Luke. Giving a rookie snaps and experience? Yeah, that's a weird thing to do, right? you think that would help? I think it would have. I think it definitely would not have hurt at this point. But yeah, anytime it was just Stokes one-on-one with someone, I mean, he had great coverage. He looked great out there. Um, Definitely an upgrade over Kevin King, that's for sure. And he isn't going to get burned from time to time. He's a rookie. But let it happen early in the season, right? Let it happen against the Lions, because when that happens, like you're not going to forget that. Right. Experience teaches. Exactly. So I I loved what I saw from him. Uh, slightly confused at times with the rest of the cornerback deployment. Yeah. Uh, Kevin King in the slot. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So last night I decided to listen to Joe Barry's press conference, and I'm going to be always honest, folks. I fell asleep during it. But what I did stay awake for, sorry, Joe Barry, I was a little tired. 
Your energy was a little low. You're supposed to be missing your energy. Didn't really feel it. He had been asked as well about, you know, having Jair, Stokes, and King out there. Because yeah. King really isn't a slot corner. No. You usually want your slot corners to be smaller, quicker folks to go against slot receivers who are usually smaller, quicker folks, right? Right. Have a good matchup. And Kevin King is, like we said, like 6'2", six 6'3", six big physical guy. Can't change direction to save his life. So when asked about that, mm-hmm. Joe Barry said, well, you know, we feel like we have three really good corners on this team. Being Jair, Stokes, and apparently Kevin King. He did say Kevin King, so I'm not just surmising here. And listening to that, if my name was Shannon Sullivan, I'd be really mad. It would light a fire (laughs) under my butt, for sure. I mean, here's hoping it does. Because we could use a little bit more out of Sully. So Sully was a... Kind of like a journeyman, right? We got him in 2019. Mm -hmm. Played really well in the slot. Really well. Seemed like in 2020, he was asked to do a little bit too much. Yeah. Looked like with this new scheme this year, he was going to be in a better position to succeed. I didn't really... I don't remember much from the first game, which we can't take a whole lot of stock from because everyone played like shit. Mm -hmm. So a little confused as to, you know, that narrative that King is going to be better in the slot than Sully. That seems like a hot take. I wonder if they're just trying to save face a little bit on this whole thing. Um, it could benefit us against certain teams. You know, uh, who are we going to have? Well, we'll get into it. But if you play against a bigger slot guy, or maybe some tight ends that play in the slot a lot, maybe Kevin King there makes sense. Um, but yeah, if you have a traditional slot guy, the last guy you want on him is Kevin King. Now, that being said, I understand you want some more size closer to the ball closer to the line of scrimmage which is something that joe barry brought up right the flip side of that is kevin king hates tackling and he and is bad get at off it. run blocks he can't get off blocks and he's terrible at tack- tackling i will say this he will throw his body in there generally head down just kind of flailing at people there's closes like, his eyes yep. just sort of goes yep. towards the ball and usually misses correct there's there is an attempt <laughs> Um, it's just not, not, a, not, a good not a good one. one. <laughs> not a good one. So, like, I understand where he's going with that, but are you going to bring him off the edge and blitzes or something? They Maybe. did. Maybe. They did one play. I saw it, and he yeah. almost got pressure. <laughs> almost. I mean, if he comes free, he's tall and lanky. I mean, his that length will deter quarterbacks from throwing that direction. I mean, you're not going to throw the ball over him if he's just streaking at you. So, I guess there's that. But I mean, I'm trying to think about it conceptually, right? And if we're yeah. only a cover two where he's just kind of chilling in the middle of the field. Something people brought up is like his his down-the-field ball placement isn't great. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, he is a tall guy. Yeah. You talk about like those ball-hawking linebackers in the middle of the field. Could he maybe interfere with some slants or something? Maybe you just maybe. drop him into some of those short zones. Yeah, that's, that's possible. If you drop him in a short zone, I'm okay with him being in the slot. But if we're doing any sort of man concept, which I'm hoping we're moving a little bit more towards man between... Between Stokes and Jair, who I feel both excel in that. Both good man corners. You should probably be doing more man. But if you have Kevin King in the slot and it's man, I'm throwing to that receiver every single time. Like I said, if it's maybe a a bigger, you know, back in the last couple years, a Larry Fitz type or something like that, maybe a bigger body guy where you're kind of just a a tight end or the tight ends that are more like receivers, maybe, maybe. You know, there was a game a couple years back where we played a really good tight end by the name of George Kittle. And we put Kevin Uh, King on him. And do we need to go back there? 
Let's not. Do we need to go back there and how that went? Let's not, please. <sighs> Thank you. So on defense, I'm trying to be optimistic here. And you and I am too, but we got to be realistic too, my friend. Yeah. Also, we did see Jair in the slot some, especially mm-hmm. at the end of the game. He played in the slot and King was outside. So there was that. There was that. I don't know how exactly I feel about that yet, but. Here's a question. Do we start trying Isaac Yadam out there as a boundary corner if we want to put in Jair in the slot? Because he's also a, a bigger body. And honestly, with how bad King is, I would say try it. He looks pretty bad in preseason. Ugh. Let's just not, shall we? Just try it, and then he gives up. The, he gives up the touchdown, and I'm like, oh, it's just like Kevin King. It's fine. I would be good with just benching Kevin King completely. I don't think they're gonna do it, but I would be good with that. Let Sully rock the slot, and then have uh, the rookie Charles come in if you feel like activating him because he's been a healthy scratch as well, along with Heflin. So maybe you try some of them out so you can have a couple slot guys. But I would rather just watch. King use all that length on the bench. And he's still a luxury to have as a corner who has NFL experience in case, heaven forbid, Stokes or Jair go down. But yeah, yeah if, if he's have... your fourth, fifth corner, or maybe even third, I don't think you feel terrible about it as far as boundary corners go. He's just not a starting caliber corner. I listened to the uh the Packers, Locked On Packers episode, of course, this week where they did the the crossover with the 49ers. Yeah. The 49ers guys are like, oh yeah. We're looking for Kevin King every single play. Like, people know it. This isn't yep. a secret. No. They know to attack Kevin King wherever he is. So let's just not have him on the field, please. Yeah, maybe they'll just throw out of bounds a lot if he's on the bench. I don't know. All right, here's a hot take question for you. Hot take question. I'm ready. Who was the defensive MVP for you last week? Mm. Devontae Campbell. Devontae Campbell. Yeah, I think he showed a lot. Obviously, that pick was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like 13 tackles, a very busy day. I think just being solid in the middle, having a good average even middle linebacker um, is a huge difference. And I believe they mentioned during the broadcast that someone was saying this is the best Jair, I think, so that he's the best linebacker that he's been around since he came to the team. So sorry, Blake Martinez. Um, womp, womp. Right, that's a bummer. But... <laughs> I thought he played really well, like like we talked about earlier. Even on the Hawkinson touchdown, I would take that coverage on one of the on a up and coming really talented tight end. I'll take that all day. I was really impressed with the speed there. Yeah, um, I think it's weird because he's been a little bit of a journeyman, even though he's not that old. Um, he hasn't been in the league very long. I believe he was a rookie during the that epic Falcons collapse against the Patriots, right? That he was, yeah. So that wasn't that long ago. Like mm-hmm. he's still athletically in his prime. Definitely, or maybe just even entering it. Um, but I thought just solid play in there, and he had a couple a splash play here or there. I'll take that. He's like Amos at linebacker. He's just consistent. Yeah, make a play here or there. I'm and I'm good with that. Honestly, what about you? So my defensive player of the game, yeah, unfortunately, will not be able to help us next week. Oh no. My defensive player of the game, someone who. Really had a force oh. in, in disrupting the Lions' offense. I know where this is going. Was the rain, folks. <laughs> Jared Goff had two fumbles, which, okay, granted, granted he was under pressure, so they yeah. could have been sacks. Yeah. But he, he definitely fumbled because the ball was a little wet. And I did check. 
in Santa Clara for next Sunday for our game against the 49ers, it's a 10% chance of rain. So we are SOL there, unfortunately. That's, that could be a problem. Yeah, that, not going to help us. No. So if we have any... um. We have any listeners of our show, like the ten consistent listeners that we have, which we thank you for, by the way. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the support. If any of you like pray to rain gods, you know, have any of that vibe in your life, yeah, you may want to throw that out there. Please do a little rain dance. If you want to, you know, give us a call. I'll do a rain dance. Anything we can do, get the boys a dub. Down for anything. All right. So speaking of San Fran, let's talk about them, shall we? Oh, let's talk about San Fran. All right. So last week they beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They didn't really look great. They didn't look great. Um, I'm curious just how good the Eagles are. Side note. Yes. Um, really interested in, in that team. So maybe the Eagles are tougher than everyone kind of expected. But we'll find out. This game makes me nervous. I did go back and watch the Eagles film. Mm-hmm. They were able to take a lot of deep shots against the Niners. So I'm hoping we can do that as well. If we can finally hit that Aaron to Marquez, could be big. Yeah. Miles Sanders seemed to have an okay game as well. So obviously continue to establish the run. Right. Um Jimmy G is Jimmy G at this point. He's still Jimmy G. Yep. Kinda wanna talk some shit, but last time I did that it didn't really go well for us. Yeah, it's not. So plus a hometown boy, realistically. <sighs> you and your loyalness to Illinois. <laughs> I, I just don't care. I just don't care. That he's, that he's from Lake Zurich. But yes, he's, he is he's from, from Lake Zurich. He played at Rolling Meadows, actually. Is he? Yeah. But he's from Lake Zurich. If I hadn't moved, I would have played with Jimmy Garoppolo at Rolling Meadows. How does that make you feel all your life choices? It makes me question them sometimes. <laughs> all right. So with the 49ers on offense, you have the, the revolving door at running back. These guys have had like six different injuries. Uh, against the Eagles, they had Jermichael Hasty. Yep. Young guy. Um, who is it? Who went off for them? Like Elijah Mitchell. One, Elijah Mitchell. Who was the second running back they select in the draft behind Trey Sermon? I'm assuming he's banged up. Uh, well, everybody's banged everybody's up. Everybody's banged up. The only, only person that's not banged up is the guy they just signed off the Bengals practice squad, I think. Okay. Jock Patrick. Um, looks like Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon are both questionable. Jermichael Hasty's out. So they will have a running back. Um, Against most teams, this would be fantastic news. But against a Kyle Shanahan, eesh, eesh. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So Kyle Shanahan's dad, Mike Shanahan, was coach of the Broncos for, what, got 15, 20 years? Yeah. And they had this zone run scheme, and it didn't matter who the running back was. Nope, 1,000 yards. They they drafted, I remember, Clinton Portis. Yep. Right, drafted him early, and then they traded him away for Champ Bailey pretty quick once they realized that they could just plug in whoever. Anybody. Could be back there. You were joking last week about that I should maybe play free safety for the yeah, Packers. Yeah. That's a little unrealistic. <laughs> a little bit. But if the Niners called me up to play running back, I definitely could do well in that scheme. 100%. I mean, I and against our run defense, I oh. mean, you'd be going off. You'd be going off. <laughs> What's up, Tyler Lancaster? <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, God. All right. I'll give them a call. See if they need me. Um. So, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little diminished, but that running game is... It, it can still be deadly. Yeah, you can't right? look past them no matter who's back there. We do have to celebrate that there's no Raheem Mostert. The bad oh. man cannot hurt us this time. <laughs> not this time. That was... 
He's been a problem. If you remember the name, folks, in that infamous 2019 NFC Championship game where he ran for like 200 yards untouched, <laughs> yeah, that was Raheem Mostert. But he's uh, he's on the IR, I believe, so he will not be playing. Yeah, we somehow made him look like literally the fastest human on the planet and decided just to not ever touch him, not tackle him, not even really try. That was one of the worst showings I've ever seen. So thankfully, we don't see him. We don't, but we still do see, despite throwing back injuries, you still have a stacked 49er offense. You yeah. got my boy, George Kittle, who I'm going to argue, best tight end in the NFL. I'll say it. I'll say it. Sorry, Travis Kelsey. Sorry, Rob Tanyan. Big Bobby Tanyan. Let me some George Kittle, who they didn't really use a whole lot last week. No, no. he's. It's been odd. Even towards the end of last year, I think they, they haven't really utilized him quite to his full potential recently. Maybe that's because, as I'm sure we're about to talk about, they have wide receivers for the first time ever, essentially, in and recent memory. Deep. And they're good. So maybe they just don't have to rely on Kittle as much, but he's still a huge weapon that will probably torch us again. Especially on the middle field. Yeah. If we have that, you know, Kevin King guy trying to cover him. That won't go over well. <laughs> so you got Debo Samuel, who's just an all-around baller. He's uh-huh. the number one receiver. You also have Brandon Ayuk, as Packer fans remember. We wanted him, was it we last did. year's draft? Yeah. Or two right. years ago? Um, was that the, the love year? That yeah, was love that year. was the love year. Came out of Arizona State. Kind of a do-it-all. It's weird that they just keep drafting. It's very interesting and smart by them. The same kind of mold of wide receiver. Slippery. Well, slippery, they're all kind of stout. You know, they're great after the catch. Really strong for wide receivers. Obviously, Debo's a he's a running back at this point, just with wide receiver skills. I mean, his run after the catch is incredible. I believe he also might be leading the league in receiving yards, so that's interesting to say the least. Brandon Ayuk has been kind of in the doghouse recently, which means that he will probably blow up on us, which is kind of how things go frequently. But yeah, they're just great run after the catch. You have to be really solid tackling these guys, um, otherwise they're going to be really dangerous and super deep. Super deep. I'm just looking at the roster. I mean, you got, you got Debo, you got Ayuk, uh, Jalen Hurd, even Richie James. Travis Benjamin's old, but he could still burn us. Uh, they love the guy Trent Sherfield. He's the one that's been taking snaps from Ayuk. They love him. Apparently he had a great camp and has been looking great so far. So, Muhammad's a new senior. He's still around. So, it's a lot of talent in that group. Um a lot of guys that are, are different molds from what we generally see as well. Kind of a different kind of wide receiver. So obviously we have to be getting pressure on the Niners. Um, in the second half of that Lions game, it was nice. I did think that we turned up the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Definitely made a difference. Now here's the problem with that, though. Trent Williams is really good. Their entire old line's really good. I don't think they looked that great last year, last week. That's fair. I just... It worries me that we couldn't pressure the Lions, really. And this is a better offensive line than the Lions. In the first half, we were, not only were we not blitzing, but we, I feel like we didn't do any stunts, right? It was just, we played pretty vanilla, it felt like. Just go. Just go. And we, just, don't have, just we don't have the talent for that right now. Mm-mm. So I think we needed to be stunting at least. I, I say send pressure, right? Agreed. It's the only way. Because if not, they're just going to be sitting. You have to make Jimmy G feel uncomfortable. That's going to be our our key right there. So at, that worries me a little bit. Kyle Juszczyk's probably going to do something. Just because that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> I hope they show LaFleur's face after Juszczyk does something. 
True. That's why we drafted Josiah. Is to literally be Kyle Juszczyk. He loves Kyle Juszczyk. Yep. Josiah, and I guess not Dominic Daphne, is just... Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be Kyle Juszczyk. He's just Kyle Juszczyk light, even though he's a little, little bit bigger. Devin. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just honest, sir. This is our uh, analysis, yeah. all right? All right, let's let's move to the defense, shall we? Oh, Lord. Oh, this could oh, be oh a... their defense. All right. Yeah, yeah their we're defense. Done with that. We're done with I know what my defense. response to that is. Still, oh, Lord, because they're going to be a problem. All right, so something we did not mention at this point, which is kind of a big storyline for this game, the best Packers offensive lineman, Mr. Elton Jenkins, who now moved to left tackle, is mm-hmm. questionable with a knee. He's been held out of practice. Right. For the love of God, he needs to play. He absolutely needs to play. Because if he's out, what, we're looking at probably Billy Turner to left tackle. No one wants to see that. Kelly coming up and playing right tackle. Oof. It's going to be a slaughter. Yeah, that'd, that'd be rough. So, please play, Jenkins. Please, we need you, especially this week, above most others. We're going to need you to show up. If the team actually shows up, then yes. Right? Yeah. If, if his health is questionable, and this is one of those games, you know, because we don't travel. right? Especially we don't travel to, to California, California or we don't Florida. Go to Florida. Yeah. This is one of those games. So, if it turns out like that, where we just don't show up, then I'd almost rather have him not play, because we're going to get killed anyways, and we need him. Like, we need right. him to be healthy. Um, but if this team actually does show up, if we can attempt to break this, you know, travel curse, which mm-hmm. I think would be great. Like, this is a real opportunity. We need to seize it. We definitely need him. We saw what happened when we didn't have our starting tackles in. Uh, we went to San Fran two years ago in the regular ugly. season, and they just feasted. Yep. And Kin- that D-line is just absolutely stacked. Kinlaw and Armstead are a little banged up, so it helps that they won't be at 100%. Like you said, they still have D Ford. As a backup. As a backup. As a backup, that's that's just greedy having that much talent on the defensive line. Yeah, and we're still starting Tyler Lancaster, so that you know shows a little bit of the depth comparison there. Yeah, but you, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones—I mean, each one of them could be a game wrecker at this point. I mean, that's boys up front got some work to do this week. Boys up front, yeah, big test. You were just talking about the rookies, right? The, the three mm-hmm. rookies got up front. Big test for them. We'll see how they hold up. Hopefully Elton plays. However, the front's really good. The back half. I'm going to take slight exception Oh, to here this. we go. Just... Jimmy Ward from Northern. Is that, is that where you're Ward, going? Jimmy Ward, go Huskies. And also, the great, possibly the best name in all of the NFL, Jaquiski Tart. I do love his name. I, I've always liked Jaquiski Tart ever since I first saw him. And then, of course, yes, Jimmy Ward has not lived up to quite my super high expectations that I had when we were both at Northern. But... Uh, relatively solid. I get where you're going, though. Secondary, definitely the weak point of that Niners defense. Strong, Pretty strong linebackers. Fred Warner's incredible. Oh, yeah, top five backer in the league. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, helps that Greenlaw is on IR, so we don't have to deal with him. But cornerbacks and safety is definitely where we need to attack this team. This isn't 2014. They're starting Josh Norman. I expect us to go after Josh Norman. Yeah, looking at that depth chart, they got Drake Kirkpatrick, too. Yeah, it, it's very 2014. Very. <laughs> uh, there was a few times where Josh Norman was matched up against the Eagles' number one receiver, Devontae Smith. And, I mean, Norman just cannot keep up speed-wise. I mean, he was slow when he was young. Yes. He was slow when he was young. And now he compensates for being too slow with being overly physical. You get a lot of PI calls, holding calls. I think that throwing at Josh Norman should definitely be, be part of the game Yeah, plan. if he's on MVS, oof, goner. 
if he's uh, Devontae's going to cook him if he's on him at all. Cobb so, in the slot, just doing you just, know little in and out routes. He can't keep up. Assuming that Rodgers has the time to throw the ball, that's pretty much where this game's going to be won and lost. And the running game too. Yeah, I mean, we need to establish it. What do you think if you are the defensive coordinator for the Niners? Which, oh by the way, let's be happy that Robert Sala is gone. Thank goodness. I think their defense is obviously a little bit worse because he's not in town anymore. Right. It was kind of fun to see them talk about him and Matt Lafleur twenty-seven times during the broadcast, though. But just a little annoying. Did you know that they were in in each other's weddings? Oh, were, were you, they? Were you aware? Did you know that Matt Lafleur's <laughs> little brother is on the Niners staff? I've heard once or twice. Oh, did you know like they're like the same coaching tree as well? And they also look the same, talk oh, the same. Yeah, it's weird. weird. It's just they're brothers. Only twenty-seven times. <laughs> if you are the Niners, if I'm thinking, yeah. if I'm San Fran, yeah, I would be taking uh, the Saints approach. Absolutely. I would be going two man mm-hmm. safeties over the top. Keep everything in front because they don't need. To send any pass nope. rush. Just let those those None. big boys up front eat, and yeah, they could basically just rush forward, drop the rest the entire game. And that's we're going to, have to be patient on offense, take the shots when we can get them when we like our matchups. Um, like I said, we should be able to take advantage of the secondary, assuming we can hold up to the pressure. And they're going to bring, they're not going to bring schematic pressure. Just their talent is going to create the pressure. They only need to rush for. Yeah. They should never send help. No. So it, that's going to be an interesting battle. I'm really looking forward to seeing that kind of chess match there. We're going to have to stay with the run like last week. You're going to have to get slow. Yeah. A lot of Dylan, a lot of Jones. I was really impressed with Aaron Jones's four touchdowns last week. And LaFleur was creative with getting him the ball. He was. I really like that a lot out of the backfield and stuff. I think we're going to need to see some some screens, try to slow down those rushers. That kind of thing. Really make them think instead of just sprint straight at Aaron. Yeah, screens, yeah. Um, halfback delays, effective running game. That's yeah. all All mechanisms to slow down really good pass rushes, and we're going to need it. because yeah. a lot of that jet motion, that'll help. So we better see a lot of it this week. Uh, I heard we were top 10 in the league in jet motion, which is pretty impressive through two games, considering we used like one week one. Wow. So kind of shows you how much we use week two, and I think we're going to need just as much week three. I mean, Definitely agree. really got to try to keep those guys off balance. It's going to be a tough one for sure. Um, I, I feel like we're kind of underdogs going into this game. Uh, we are technically underdogs, three and a half point dogs, I think. Like I said, though, we this is an opportunity to get the monkey off of our back. Yes. We need to win a road game. In California in against California, the Niners, or specifically. In Tampa <laughs> or wherever. Yeah. Just somewhere not in the Midwest. We need to prove it to ourselves. Like you said, it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. So am I. I'm getting a little tired of all these primetime games. kind of just want to watch some Packers at noon on Sunday. So looking forward to that, I believe, next week, the week after, something like that. But it'll be a long Sunday. It's going to be a long wait for this game. I really hope we get a win. Not only just because I love this team, but I'm so tired of all the other storylines and bullcrap. We got another great Rodgers quote, though. We did. You know, there was originally relax, then there was around the table, and now what was it? He said something like, it's so great after, you know, a win like that and people talking all their bullshit. Yep. It's a good one. It's a good one. He's definitely in a different headspace this year, that's for sure. Feels like a little bit of a revenge tour for him. Hey, I'm here for it. Angry Aaron is good Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, we just need to come out firing, that's for sure. Stay patient with the running game. Yep. 
Don't just go, like, if we get down by seven, for the love of God. Don't just freak out. Don't just go empty set, five <laughs> wide. Just That's not going to be a recipe for success. No. no. All right, Luke, anything else for the episode? We're going a little bit long on time. Uh, do you want to check in on the NFC North at all? Oh. Uh, we got some big news there. Yeah, we should do that. You want to uh, share that news? Yes. Um, obviously, we've heard about it nonstop here. Um, this guy, don't know if you've heard of him, Justin Fields. He's going to start. Finally. He's going to start. I mean, it's been two weeks, and he played half of the second game, but... It didn't Wasn't he, like, 6 of 13 with, like, with a fumble lost? Yeah, he didn't look great, honestly. Um, I watched every snap he took, and he did not... He had some good runs. Um, the ball comes out great out of his hand. Uh, his receivers let him down a couple times, but yeah. Had, threw a bad, ugly pick. Looked like a rookie. And then also, there were a couple times when he was running where he got caught... And you clearly could tell he didn't think he was going to get caught. So he's still adjusting to the speed of the game. Welcome to the NFL, son. Right. Everyone is fast. You're not just going to be able to blaze through people like you did at Ohio State. But still, incredible athlete. Incredible talent. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Bears were able to get the win over the Bengals. Looked like yep. a... I was going to say Andy terrible. Joe Burrow threw three interceptions. And three consecutive passes. Yeah, so I mean... If you're a Bears fan, you you have to be happy you won, right? If you get three picks and you lose, that would have been rough. Would have been really rough. They almost did though. Vikings lost, thankfully. Uh, they oh, lost on that missed field goal yep. right, against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So they play Seattle this week. Teams we both just love. Yeah, so, I mean, so just much. A tie would be good there. A tie would be nice. A tie. Maybe yeah. a few injuries. We'll, we'll root for a tie. I would complain. Uh, who do the Lions play? Does it even matter? Oh yeah, it matters. We got Jamal over there. We want him to be we happy. Do. Geronimo, Jamal. Timmy Boyle. Timmy Boyle. The world's greatest oh, they, they quarterback at kneeling. Okay, that's going to be a rough one. Yeah, that's going to be enough for them. All right. So I think hopefully the rest of the teams lose and we go up to 2-1 and one, we'll be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I think that's the goal. And I think it's definitely attainable. We just... We got to beat the 49ers. We got to beat the 49ers. It's going to be tough. All right, folks. Tough. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. Go Pack Absolutely. Go. Absolutely. Go Pack Go.